This is module 12.3, the power of the blood of Jesus uh, for mana. Module 12, winning life's battles. I think this is, uh, I mean, they're all powerful, but to understand what the blood of Jesus offers to the Christian is fundamental uh, to to our lives. But many Christians go for many years without being certain, being sure of the power of the blood of Jesus to cleanse us and to make us fit to function. Yeah? And so this teaching tonight, it's not all going to go in like any teaching. It's not all going to go in in one hit. But if you go home and pick up the notes and take, go to your Bible and begin to digest these scriptures, then you will, the revelation of this will become embedded in your heart and in your life. And it's so fundamental and so important. Revelation, talking about the devil, it says they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony or their confession. So the the overcomer in, in life overcomes because of the blood of the lamb. Who's the lamb? Jesus. You remember when Jesus first turned up, John the Baptist saw him. You remember, got to remember that John was his cousin as well. And he turns to him and says, behold what? The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And every Jewish person would understand that picture because of the sacrificial lamb that was, that was uh, uh, sacrificed for the sins of the people. And, and so this picture of the Lamb of God, and right through to the book of Revelation, he is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That was a very vivid picture to every Israeli person. And, and for John to say, this is the Lamb of God. Well, they had been looking for the Messiah. And in a very strong picture, John the Baptist points him out as the Messiah by this statement, uh, behold the Lamb of God. And, and, and in Revelation, John writes here in chapter 12, they overcome the devil uh, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their confession. The blood of Jesus, number one, allows us to stand in the presence of God without fear of guilt or of condemnation. You you know, just stop right there, because that is so powerful and so strong. The problem of people is guilt and condemnation. No matter how they have um, seared their conscience... There is still the guilt factor that, that, that is in the conscience and the only thing that can deal with that, you can't wash it away with soap and water. The only thing that cleanses our conscience is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that deals with the spirit of a man and the spirit of a woman, yes, and, and gives us the standing. Our standing before God is on the basis of the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross plus nothing. I mean, think about it. What are you and I going to add to what Jesus did on the cross? You say, well, thank you, Jesus, for going on those. That was great. But, you know, I don't think it's quite done the job. I think if I do this, this, and this, then that will add to what you've done and I should scrape in. And the whole 
thing of justification by faith, which brought in the Reformation, was based on this understanding that we can be cleansed absolutely and completely and stand before a holy God without fear of guilt or of condemnation. Yes? That is so important to winning the battles of life. See? And at the same time, number two, the blood of Jesus allows us to stand before the devil and before evil spirits without fear of guilt or condemnation. Because the devil is an accuser. <clears throat> he accuses, the Bible says in Revelation, he accuses the, the, the saints day and night. And you've heard his voice. I've heard his voice. Well, call yourself a Christian, do you? Man, if I was God, I wouldn't take no notice of you. And we, we don't even need the devils to say that. We say it to ourselves. And we hesitate. That's why... Hundreds of people in this town probably, in the surrounding districts, do not come to church anymore because they've believed a lie that they are, they've mucked it up, they, they, they've got on the wrong side of righteousness and they think, they can, I've blown it. See? So, and, and when that happens, they say, well, the church, they're not going to receive me anymore. I feel guilty. I can't come and say, who am I to come and sing praises to God? I feel dirty. I feel unclean. I'm not coming for communion, that's for sure. And, uh, and, and so on. And, and so they, they feel, g'day guys, good to see you. Well done. So, so they feel so guilty and they stay home. And the devil's, It's the double whammy. One, we are made to feel guilty. And two, we believe it. And so we stay away from the, from the house of God and, and, and that's the place we just need to be. And so we will, we will understand that as we go through in this, in this teaching. Hebrews 4 and 16, let's read it together. Here we go, one, two. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we might receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. See, if we can't, if you can't come before God and you sort of, oh, God, man, you know, oh, forget it. I've had a bad day. I'm, I'm, I'm not, man, I'm not reading the Bible today. <laughs> you know, I'll keep away. So not only have we been made, we, we, we allowed ourselves to fail, we then feel that we are not able to come back into God's presence. But, you know, the Bible says that if we confess our sin, uh, now, we'll come to these scriptures in a minute. The basis of our standing before God is because the blood of Jesus totally cleanses us from all sin. We can have the utmost confidence in the blood of Jesus. You will never have confidence in your own righteousness. You will always bomb out. You will always believe the worst. See? And so my confidence is not in what I have achieved or what I have done, but it's what he has done on the cross for me that gives me the standing before him. Yes? John says it like this. <clears throat> 1 John 1 verse 7 to 9. Let's read it together. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. The underlining is mine. It's not the original thing. Next, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. 
So it's, uh, there's, there's two alls in there. It says that he will purify us from what? Most of our sin. All. All. That's what gives us right standing before a holy God. It's not, well, he deals with this, but I don't think he can deal with this. Um, and then it says, if we confess our sins, and that's the key. Be open with God about what's happened. I mean, he knows anyway, so you might as well tell him. <laughs> you know, it's no use saying, I don't think you saw that, God. <laughs> but, you know, so we just, we just need, God's a good God. He's our Father. You know, if my kids, and you heard one of them preach the other Sunday, but if Glenn would come and say to me, Dad, you know, I, I, I'm sorry, but I've, I've scratched the car right down the side. I'm going to say, you stupid idiot, you can pay for it. And I go off and I tell him off and see you're banned for six months. You know, whatever, you're not driving the car anymore. Listen, when, I, when we moved from Blenheim to Auckland, my two boys had just got their driver's licence. I want to tell you, I was on first name terms with the panel beater. <laughs> In fact, one day I walked into his panel shop and says, hello Ian, with a smile on his face. <laughs> And I see on, his, on the wall, he's got a new picture of a beautiful 35-foot launch. I said, is that your boat? He said, yes. I said, I've got shares in that. <laughs> and he said to me, yes, you have. <laughs> so, you know, because I'm the father, yet accidents happen. Stuff happens. My son... We had a, a, a bit of a drive that came down on a level and went down again to the next house. And my son parked the car and left the handbrake off and jumped out. <laughs> and watched as the car went, oh, there it goes. <laughs> All these clever and interesting things. But what, as father, what am I going to, am I going to get all uptight about it? You know, it happens. And, uh, you know, I had to control myself once or twice. <laughs> But, but, and God's our Father, and He loves us. And He knows we're human. The psalmist says He knows that we are dust. He knows our frame. He knows, look, He knows you're going to muck it up before you muck it up. So what does He do? Say, right, I'll finish with that guy. Bam! No, He doesn't. He knows we're human. He loves us. And sure, you know, you try not to stuff it up, but, you know, if you... If you don't stuff it up, you're the only person in the world who hasn't yet. And cheer up, it's coming. <laughs> you know, I mean, so we need to have this access to God. We need to, if we, if we confess our sins, say, Lord, I'm sorry. See, Jesus said to the disciples, and one of them comes to him and says, how many times should I forgive my brother if he, if he sins, sins against me? Seven times? You know, seven times. And Jesus turns to him and says, Hello, I'm telling you, 70 times seven. And that was a saying in the day. It was like we say million. It was like, whatever it takes. You know? And so Jesus, if he expects me to forgive you at least 490 times over something, don't you think he has that sort of heart? And the answer is yes, he, he does. But we need to be open. 
And we know, and I'm not talking about looseness in our life. I'm talking about, hey, things happen. And so we, we need to understand that. And it says he cleanses. The, the, the verse 9 says, He is faithful and just. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from most of our unrighteousness. All. 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 Say that word. All. all. When we come to Jesus, he cleanses us from all. all. He wipes the slate clean. He removes the sin from us. You say, well, look under here. I've still got it under here. You know, no, it's not like that. He takes it away. He says, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Now, if he had said, as far as the north is from the south, you could measure that. You say, well, there's the north pole, here's the south pole. There's about 7,000 kilometres or something, or however many there are between the north. That's measurable. But he didn't say that. He said, from the east is from the west. Well, where does the east start and the west you know, it's, it's infinity. You see, that's how far he removes. He removes our sins from us. So, Psalm 103, let's all read together. Praise the Lord, my soul, and all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefit, who forgives some of your sins, all your sins, and heals all your diseases who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Hallelujah. <clears throat> if you had no good news today, that's pretty good news. Yes? He forgives us. See, his benefits is salvation and healing, salvation and healing, salvation and healing. And so those, those are often found together. And um, the next day... Uh, or this is the verse I shared before. The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, or behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Ever since Passover, every Jewish person understood it was the blood of the Lamb that brought forgiveness of sin. And here's our verse again. Let's all say it, read it together. One, two. For if by the trespass of the one man, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Romans 5.17. So, so it's a gift. This righteousness, the removal of our sin, this gift of righteousness is a gift. You can't buy a gift. Yeah? You can't buy a gift. If I say to you, righto, here we are, Janet, I'm going to give you this Bible. She said, I'll pay you for it. Say that. I'll pay you for it. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> it's a gift. It's a gift. What, what does she have to do to get the gift? She's got to receive it. <laughs> give it. Hey. <laughs> She, she, all she has to do is receive it. And the gift of righteousness is simply received by faith, not by works. And so, and, and it's the blood of Jesus that allows us this and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. And the gift of his righteousness is ours. See? Look at the next verse, 2 Corinthians 5.21. Let's read it together, top of the page. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him 
we might become the righteousness of God. Wow. You see, you, see, now your soul, your mind and your will will argue that black and blue because it's too much for the natural man to receive. See, Jesus was made sin for us, yes? When he was on the cross, he, the sins of the world were placed. He paid the debt for the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Romans 6, 23, is it? So, so, so there, you know, so, so here he is. And he becomes sin for us. He takes the sin on us. That's why God, the Father, turned his back on him. And he said my, on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because the sin, my sin and your sin and everyone's that was placed upon him and crushed the life out of him. You know what effect that sin has in people that have been uh, right into all sorts of stuff over years and years. Their whole frame is, is, it reflects that. They struggle in their life. And, and, but he becomes sin for us. Why? So that in him we might become the righteousness of who? If you read it, you think, wait a minute, it can't really mean that. Yes, it means that. How righteous is God? How much sin does God have? Zilch, yes? So he, the gift of righteousness is the righteousness of God himself. We become right with him. That's why we become boldly and with confidence into the presence of God because we come in Christ. When we are born again, we are placed by the Holy Spirit, we are placed in him. We used to sing the old song, when he looks at me, he sees not what I used to be, but he sees Jesus. And we come uh, uh, in Christ and we carry this, this gift of righteousness. Psalm 103 and verse 12, read it together. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. So he hasn't just put it under, under, behind his back. And as soon as we approach, we say, Aha! Thought you had forgotten, had you? No, he says, he forgets all our sins and our iniquities. He removes it. He casts, another verse says, he casts it into the deepest sea. You say, well, when I come back to God, how come he doesn't remember it? I can remember it. How come he doesn't? He's God. And the answer is he chooses not to. He removes it from you. It is not there anymore. You come back to God and say, well, God, you know, I did this, that, and the other. He'll say, what did you? If you've confessed that, it is removed from you. It is taken away. Hallelujah. This is the power of the blood of Jesus. It is removed. It is cancelled. It is not just put away. Now, that's the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. The blood of bulls and goats and of the animals could only cover the sin for one year. And then they had to repeat it all again. But when Jesus, the Lamb of God, came and died on the cross, he removed sin once and for all. He doesn't have to die every year. Hallelujah. And neither do you, because of what Jesus has taken our place. We deserve to die. But he took my place on the cross, and he paid for the penalty of my sin 
and says, Ian, receive me as your Saviour and Lord and walk free. I cancel your sin. I just don't, I haven't just put it behind my back. I've removed it from you. Hallelujah. Never to be remembered against you anymore. And if you haven't got a reason to shout hallelujah on a Sunday morning and to bow your head and take communion and take that glass and say, thank you, Jesus, for shedding your blood on the cross for my sin and removing my sin, then you need to start with a very thankful heart from the Sunday, you know. We need to be, you know, we, when you understand what he's done for us, you can't help but be a thankful, praising person, hallelujah, and be willing to serve him uh, all the days of your life. The blood of Jesus delivers us from both the penalty and the power of sin. It also connects us to every other Christian as family. The cells in our body are all different, with different shapes and different functions, they are all connected and nourished and cleansed by our blood. So it is in the body of Christ, the church. Leviticus 17 says the life is in the blood, which is a remarkable statement in at least uh, 3,000 before, before Christ, 3,000 years before Christ. He writes, the life is in the blood. They never understood that, but medically we know it's absolutely true. So it's not only true of our natural bodies, because every cell, once a cell gets starved of blood, it dies. Yes? And the same is in the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. We are a cell, as you like, in the body of Christ. But the blood of Jesus, hallelujah, cleanses us and washes us from all unrighteousness, praise God, and connects you and me as brothers and sisters. That's why in the old churches they used to call everybody brothers and sisters. And it's a, it's a nice term, it's a bit spooky if you're not used to it. But in, in reality, we are. I'm sorry, you, you've got to put up with me, I'm family. <laughs> you're stuck with me. If you're a Christian, you're stuck with me, and I'm stuck with you. So hallelujah, we might as well get on, eh? Right. We might as well enjoy one another because we're family, and we're tied together. We're of the same bloodline of God the Father, hallelujah. And, and, and so it is, that's how... It is. So the blood of Jesus has done a wonderful thing for us, yes? And uh, the more you think about it, you know, I, I encourage you to take these scriptures just sometime during this week and go and shut the door some, on, on everybody else or go out into the beach or somewhere where you are just quiet and open your Bible and come to these scriptures and say, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, Show me what Jesus did for me. And just take some time quietly and begin to read and just meditate, just chew it over. And the Holy Spirit will bring a real clarity of understanding of all that he's done. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Hallelujah. He's my Savior. He's my Lord. Hallelujah. He's my King. Yes? And uh, so that's good. Now, the second thing that, that, that the blood of Jesus does is it enables us, it gives us a place of standing and authority to overcome. You see, we need to be able to overcome condemnation, accusation, and intimidation. These are three things that the devils will place in your heart and mind. They will intimidate you, they will accuse you, and they will 
condemn you if at all possible. So we need to read what the Bible says about that. So we're going to take these scriptures, and I need someone to look up Romans 12 and verse 1. Who's thanks? Soph's got that. Accusation, uh, Revelation 12. Thanks, Marcus, you've got that. Yeah. Romans 8.33. Someone do that for me. Hand up, please. Thank you, Leslie. Zechariah 3. I'll do that. One Intimidation, 1 John 4.4. 4. Someone's got that. Thanks, Rosie. Luke 10.19. Thanks, Martin. Have you already got one? You are. Thanks. Thanks, D. Luke 10, 19. I need Romans 8, 31 and 37. Margaret, can you do that? Thank you very much. And Wayne, can you look up James 4, 7? No, I've got Revelation. You're too late. He's doing it. <laughs> I'll find one for you. You've got Hebrews 2, 14 and 15. <laughs> okay. So, condemnation. What is the answer? When we feel condemned, we don't feel worthy. What is the answer? Mm. Romans 12, 1. Who's got it? Thanks, Soph. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Okay, so we're to, to, we're to present ourselves before the Lord. And there's another verse, uh, Romans 8 and verse 1, is it? There's another verse 2 which I wanted, which I haven't included in that, I must put it in. Yeah, 8 verse 1. 8 verse 1 is what? Therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Okay, therefore there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. In the authorised version, that verse doesn't sit on, it doesn't finish there. The old authorised version says, There is no, therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. And the reason that last bit was added is because when the translators read that verse, they could not believe that that was true. There is therefore no condemnation. So they added, and it's not in any of the original texts, they added, who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. In other words, if you do right, then there is no condemnation. The scripture does not say that. The script, in all the modern translations, just like you read it, it just goes, there is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Full stop. And we need to just receive that. And that's one of those scriptures you take Hallelujah. And you declare and you fire it. You take the word of God and you fire it. You say, say, soul, listen to this. There is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus and I am in Christ Jesus. And then you say, listen here. Thank you, Father. Thank you. As I stand before your throne, I thank you that you have stated there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And then I say to the devil, devil, Whoever's listening, listen to this. Romans 8 and verse 1. There is therefore no condemnation. And if you're in doubt, here, have a read. See, that's what you do. If you can't remember the verse, you hold it up and you read it. And you decree it because it's the power, it's the warhead of the word of God attached to the, to the, to the missile of declaration. And it is a powerful thing and... Every demon in hell knows that truth of that. 
The devils believe more about this book than you do. They know it's true. They just refuse to confess it. That's the truth, isn't it? They know. All right. Accusation. Revelation 12. Here we go. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast out. And they overcame him by the blood of of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives but to the death. Good. So here he is. The the devil is called the accuser. And he accuses. You'll see this when we come up. uh, And Well, yes. uh, In the Zechariah one, which I'll read. So he accuses us. Again, we've got to take our stand. What are you going to believe? What are you going to declare? What are you going to praise God for? Hallelujah. I just say, you devils, you were defeated on the cross 2,000 years ago. You have no power over this situation. I take authority over you in the name of Jesus Christ, and I command you to stop troubling and stop causing chaos in this situation. And when we stand in those things, hallelujah, you'll not accuse me. I've been washed by the blood of the Lamb, yes? And we keep short accounts. We, 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 we confess and we open our lives to him. Righto, here we go. Romans 8, 33 and 34. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Jesus Christ who died, more than that who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. So Jesus is our intercessor. He's at the right hand of God. When he ascended to heaven, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. And he intercedes for us. Who's going to accuse you? When Jesus said you've been set free by his blood and your sin has been removed, he's going to say, well, that's, I don't know whether that's true. And we need to be able to take our stand against that and stand in our forgiveness and in our freedom. Who is he that condemns? It is God who justifies. You see, that scripture is very strong. The word justifies means just as if I'd never sinned. When we are justified, if the court declares us to be not guilty, we have been accused of a crime in the court, we go to court, the judge says not guilty. Yeah? We are set free. It's just as if you never you have a clean record. It's wiped from your record. The, the, the accusation is removed from your record. Um, Zechariah, second to last book of the uh, Old Testament. If you want to have a look at up there, the last one is what? What's the last book of the, of the Old Testament? Malachi. Malachi. So this is Zechariah, the one before it. Zechariah 3 and verse 1 to 7. Uh, 3 and we'll go from where? 1 to 7. Then he showed me Joshua, the high priest. This is not Joshua who led the people into the promised land. This is another Joshua who was high priest at the time. Standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right hand to accuse him. And the Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. So here's the devil accusing this fella. He's standing before God. And the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is not this a man, this, this man a burning stick snatched from the fire? In other words, he'd walked a few miles 
And he got himself into a few difficulties. And now he's standing before God. And God, then the devil's saying, Ah! Ever heard that voice? Ah! You see? And, the, and, and God, God says, The Lord rebuke you, Satan. You just be quiet. Now Joshua was dressed in filthy clothes as he stood before the angel. He'd gone through a few things, eh? Not easy just to go to life and come out squeaky clean all the time. We all go through stuff. Mm. The angel said to those who were standing before him, take off his filthy clothes. Praise God that he removes that stuff from us. Yes? yes? He removes the filth and the sin and the wrong of the past. Hallelujah. He said, take it off of him. Hallelujah. What a declaration, you see. Then he said to Joshua, see, I've taken away your sin and I will put rich garments on you. What are the garments? The robes of righteousness. He, it's a gift. He clothes us with his righteousness. Hallelujah. He said, see, I've taken away your sin and I'll put rich garments on you. Then I said, put a clean turban on his head. Turban in the Bible is a picture, a type of justification that he's declared not guilty. Um, uh, and, and, and so uh, they put a clean turban on his head and clothed him while the angel of the Lord stood by. The angel of the Lord gave this charge to Joshua. This is what the Lord Almighty says. You see, this is it. Satan's been saying a whole lot of stuff. And God says, this is what I'm saying. You might have heard all this rubbish. You might have been this, that, and the other, all the voices. This is this, this is that, this is the other. But this is what the Lord Almighty says. If you will walk in my ways and keep my requirements, then you will govern my house and have charge of my courts, and I will give you a place among these standing here. What a transformation. In this year of restoration, this is restoration. This is restoration. This is hope. This is what God does for us. He said, I really want you to be able to, to, to reign in life. I want you to be in control. Hallelujah. In the house. I want, you, I want you to rule in my name. Hallelujah. I want you to be able to take authority. I want you to be able to be part of the answer and not part of the problem. He said, so we need to deal with the sin problem. I need to remove that from you. Hallelujah. And I give you the garments of my righteousness. You're clothed in my righteousness, you see, and, and so on. And then he says, now, uh, get a turban on your head and you're justified and hallelujah. Now, go and reign in life. See, you can't reign in life if you're standing there before God and all you can feel is the dirt and the, and the stench of your failures. If that is all you can feel, See, and if that's all you can smell, and that's all you can feel, you are going to crawl. You, you, you might have got into the presence of God, but you're going to crawl out on your hands and knees and say, I've failed, I'm miserable, I've had it. But when you come to God, when you come to the throne, hallelujah, when you come before Almighty God, He knows what's happened. He knows you haven't got it all together. Hallelujah. He knows not only that, you're never going to have it all together this side of eternity. We all are struggling with something. There's not one person in this room who is not struggling with something. So what are we going to do? Hide and say, I'm useless? 
And God says, come on, I've, I, I, I've, you've been created in my image. You're to, you're to reign in life. You're part of the answer for me. Hallelujah. You're my son. You're my daughter. And you're standing and you think, oh man, I'm just, I've got all these filthy clothes. I've been in the pig pen. I stink of pig pen poo. Lord, I'm not with Lord, I can't. Lord, you, you, you're never going to come to anything if that's what you can see. But God knows that. He says, take those filthy garments off the fowler. They're not part of him. My blood of my son Jesus has cleansed him, has cleansed her from all, all unrighteousness. Hallelujah. You see? And, and put, clothe him with my righteousness. It's a gift. Oh no, I need to earn this. Make me one of your hired servants. I'll earn my way, said the prodigal son. No, he said, hallelujah. Just Put the robe on him. Give him the bring forth the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. This my son was dead, but he's alive. Stand up, son. And when you when when you find that he washes you and cleanses you and makes you free, hallelujah. And and you can stand and, and you've got this you're, you, the righteousness of God, you're clothed with that and you say, you say, This is better now. He says, Go and reign. In life, hallelujah. That's what the blood of Jesus does for us. We don't need to carry our sin for the rest of our lives, hallelujah. We can get rid of it. And we need to receive Jesus as our Savior and Lord and open our hearts to Him, hallelujah. Say, Lord God, I've sinned, I've come short of your glory, but Lord, today I open my life. Lord, forgive me and cleanse me. And He, and he comes running. He comes running. He comes running to us and, 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 and says, bring forth the best robe and put it on him. Hallelujah. And, we, and Jesus used the phrase, you must be born again. It's like the star all over again. Hallelujah. And then you begin to walk in the knowledge of that. And it's such a beautiful thing that Jesus has done for us. Righto, intimidation, 1 John 4, 4. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them. Because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Read it again, I love it. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them. Because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. See, we are, Christ comes and lives in us. The difference between religion and Christianity is simply this. Religion says I must reach up to God. I must do stuff. I must get there. I must do this, I must do that, I must get there, I've got to attain to, 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 to a holy life. Christianity is not like that. Christianity is God comes down to us. Hallelujah. Jesus came down and reached us where we are at and walks with us. Our only hope of being uh, an overcomer in this life is because of the presence of the Spirit of Jesus Christ within us. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Luke 10, 19. Um, behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Amen. So we have the victory because of what Jesus has done. Romans 8, 31 and 37. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, we can be against us. See, read it again. That's great. See how that comes in? What, what then shall we say in response to this? 
If God is for us, who can be against us? Verse 37. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So we're not going to be intimidated. We're not going to be put down. God is for us. If God is for you, hallelujah. You, you know, you hear, and you hear the accident, so what do I do? I begin to declare, hallelujah. And then said, well, I'm be useless, you'd be useless. And, 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 you know, everybody's against you. Nobody, everybody hates you. Going down the garden to eat worms. <laughs> and, 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 and he said, no, no. If God is for, who's for me? God is for me. He created heaven and earth. Is he for us? Yes. Absolutely he is. Absolutely. So, you see, if the old demons are hanging around giving you a hard time trying to intimidate you, trying to condemn you, you say, listen, if God be for me, you've got no shame. Who can be against me? See, and we've got to take our authority. And they know that, and they'll bow to that. Hallelujah. James 4 and verse 7. So give yourselves humbly to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Give yourselves humbly to God. Yes. Hallelujah. And resist the devil. The key to resisting the devil is humility. If you think you can do it all on your own, you're in for a surprise. But if we walk humbly before the Lord, humble ourselves, we're nobody. We're, 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 we're at best, we keep failing. But hallelujah, as you humble yourself to the power of the blood of Christ and, and acknowledge that he is with us, and if God be for us, who can be against us, then, hallelujah, we resist the devil. So no, you bind the works of de the devil. You binding and loosing. We'll come to that in a week or two. You say, no, I, I prohibit you. Jesus said, I give you the church, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth. Will be loose. In other words, what you prohibit, heaven will prohibit. You're, you're a son of the king. You're a daughter of the king. Whatever you allow to happen, heaven will allow. If you just let things just happen, they're just going to keep happening. Until you stand up in your home and say, I've enough of that, I'm sick of that. You know? <coughs> and, and call a halt to it. The blood of Jesus reminds the devils of their defeat at Calvary. Hebrews 2, 14 and 15. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. Yes. So the devil was defeated. Hallelujah. Amen. He destroys the works of the devil. He disarms him. Remember the verse in Genesis where it said the seed of the woman uh, would have a bruised heel? but the seed of the woman would crush his head or his headship. And so his authority is taken from him. All right? We are also in Colossians 2 and 15, Ephesians, Ephesians Philippians, Colossians. What did you say it was? God's Electric Power Company. G for Galatians, E for Ephesians, P for Philippians, and what? C for company and Colossians, chapter 2. And I am in verse 15. Yes? And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them by the cross. So principalities and powers, 
uh, have been defeated. We dealt with that last week, and so we won't need to go over that again. That's why the blood of Jesus, so you can't cross this line. So the next thing is the blood of Jesus protects the believer. That which is purchased by the blood of Jesus belongs to God and becomes God's property. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20 says what? Someone look it up for me, please. See if Do you, you can not get... know that the bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You are bought at a price. Therefore, honour your God. You are not your own. You are bought with a price. The blood of Jesus redeems us. It buys us back. We sold out. We were, we, we're born into this world and we, we, are, we begin to sell ourselves down the tubes. And God says it's like we, we trade, we end up, many of us end up in the second hand shop. Second hand people. Washed up. Sold out. But Jesus said, don't worry, I'll buy them back. So how are you going to do that? I'll buy them back with the blood of Jesus. We're redeemed with not silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Jesus. He paid the price for us. You're not your own. You're brought with a price. And so this becomes, we belong to God, yes? 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19, who's got that? Anyone? Thank you. Knowing that you are not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. This is so important to know that what everything I have belongs to God. Everything I am belongs to God. I've handed everything over to Him. Hallelujah. My 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 life, my house, my possessions. They're His. Hallelujah. My wife, my children, my grandchildren, they're under, they're under the covering of the covenant of the blood of Jesus that, has, uh, that I have entered into with God. And, and they, they belong to God, you see. So no demon, not even Satan himself, can touch God's property without God's express permission. Many times I've declared, demon, you cannot touch me. I belong to God. I am God's property. You can't come into this house. Sickness, you will not come in here. You, I'm not having it. I'm not having it. This place belongs to the Lord. Hallelujah. And you are God. You've got to serve God with, a, with an open hand. My father said to me this when I was just starting out. He said, you've got to serve God with an open hand. Dad said to me, you've got to, don't close your hand over what God's given you. That has been one of the most brilliant pieces of advice I've ever had. Because there was no fear at that point because I had nothing in my hand. <laughs> but later, when I began to accumulate and things and, and position and, and, and money and, and, and kids, and, and you could say, well, wait a minute. I don't want to let this... No, no Lord, you're not having that. But I've learned to serve God with an open hand. So that he can take whatever he wants. And I've said this on my knees before the Lord. Lord, whatever you take, I'll never complain. I'll never question it. All I have belongs to you. I'm your steward. I'll look after it for you while I've, I've got breath in my, in my veins. Everything, everything, everything belongs to the Lord. Hallelujah. That is a place of great security. And the Lord... Blessed be the name of the Lord. He can take whatever he likes. 
And Holly, I'm not going to complain, I'm not going to grizzle, I'm not going to moan. Now it's stupid if I lose it for him. But if he takes it, then it's okay. Yes? When we bring our lives under the Lordship of Jesus, then we have God's protection. We bring ourselves and our children, our wives, husbands, possessions and our destiny under the blood covenant of salvation. That covenant sealed with the blood of Jesus, yes? And the blood of Jesus assures us of our right standing with God. So, so everything that we have, and, and you, need to, you need to learn this phrase. You can't touch me. No. I belong to the Lord. I'm under the blood covenant. I've made a covenant with God and it's sealed with the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is an everlasting covenant and you will not cross that bloodline. In the name of Jesus, step back. And in my sphere of authority, in my home, over my possessions, I am an authority. Yes, as a God-given husband and father. But some you've got to fight for it sometimes. The devils aren't going to say, oh, oh yeah, quite right. Yeah, yeah, okay, see you around. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I get that. Some of them will. Others will say, not flipping lightly. I've got a grip on this and I'm not letting go. And you have to get into this. You have to launch a few warheads. You have to bomb the attitudes and the things out. Hallelujah. With the confession, with praise. Hallelujah. I begin to praise the Lord. Said, you know, I'm going to praise you. Well, this thing's turning to a disaster. What am I going to do? It's coming in. You can see, the, you know, you've had things start to come in. As they start to look like they, whoa, mate, wow, this is going to, this is going to thump me. What am I going to do? Oh, yeah, hang, I've had it. No, I'll stand up and begin to praise God. Hallelujah, I'll begin to shout the praises of the Lord. I'll begin to walk. I say, thank you, Lord, today all things are working together for good to those who love God. And I love you, Lord, according to your promise. Hallelujah. And I'll tell you what, no weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. Every tongue that rises up against me, you shall condemn, for this is the inheritance of the saints of God. And I launch the word of God. Hallelujah. Take that. See? And I'll say to myself, threefold, I'll say, Lord, hallelujah, I thank you that today everything, you're working everything for good. Doesn't look like it from my human viewpoint, but by faith I decree that that is the truth of the matter, and even the worst thing, you will turn it to good somewhere down the track. Yes, I trust it. Even the worst things that can ever happen to you, if you trust God with it and walk humbly before the Lord, he will turn them to good. He will bring good out of every situation. Hallelujah. So I say, Lord, I thank you. Today, hallelujah, as I stand before you, I thank you that everything is working together for good today. Then I'll say to the devils, you devils, hallelujah, you might take think. You think you're going to do evil over this? But I tell you what, God will mean it for good and turn it to good somewhere down the track. Hallelujah. So I'm praising God in anticipation. I'm thanking him for it. Hallelujah. You see the enemy starting to forge things of sickness and trouble and different things. I say, no weapon, nothing, no weapon that's forged against me. Hallelujah. Shall prosper. Yes? And I take the and I speak it out and I decree it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. 
And so I launch the word of God at the situation. Hallelujah. And fire it at, at the problem through praise, through prayer, through confession. I decree it. Hallelujah. And uh, as a son of God. And so we start to win the battles and the things will retreat from us. So the blood of Jesus assures us of our right standing with God. We are cleansed from all sin. This establishes our standing and authority in the spirit world. This possession allows us to be free of fear and enables us to stand boldly in the face of evil spirits and mountains of difficulty. It enables us to challenge condemnation, accusation and intimidation. There is power in the blood of Jesus. Amen. Hands up those who believe this. You better. (laughs) The old hymn. We used to sing it, eh? Do you remember this? Would you be free from your burden of sin? There's power in the blood. Power in the blood. Would you, O evil, a victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood. Power, power, wonder-working power. In the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power. Precious blood of the Lamb. Would you be free from your passion and pride? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Come for a cleansing to Calvary's tide. That's where he shed the blood. The blood of Jesus. I heard somebody say on Sunday, we were reaching up in Mongadoo, said that the blood of Jesus was spilt on the cross. No, it wasn't. The blood of, when you say something was spilled, it's an accident. The blood of Jesus was deliberately shed on the cross. Hallelujah. Yes. Come for a cleansing to Calvary's tide. There's wonderful power in the blood. Would you be whiter, much whiter than snow? It's power in the blood. Come let us, the Bible says, where is it? Revelation something? Come let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins were as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Just trying to think where that verse is. Sin stains are lost in its life-giving flow. There's wonderful power in the blood. Would you do service for Jesus, your King? There's power in the blood. Power in the blood. Would you live daily his praises to sing? There's wonderful power. Amen? Amen. In the blood. And uh, the devil, the devils will, tr- will fight you on this because this is the cornerstone of Christianity. Hallelujah. So you need to be strong in the Lord and in the power of of his might. Righto. Let's stand together while we're here. Then you can write down your... I do want you to write three things that have seemed important to you. Think about it. Take some time while we're having coffee. Write some down. You've got a question. And please don't hesitate to ask your question. When we get in a thing like this, people say, I better not. I'm, I'm so new. I better not ask that question. Everyone else think I'm done. Well, that's been going since Prima 5. So it's time to stop that and say, I need to know about this. See? Just ask the question and it'll be fine. So, Lord, we stand in your presence, not because of anything that we've accomplished or anything that we could accomplish. We stand, Lord, because you accomplished it all on the cross of Calvary. And woe betide us if we think that we can add to that. Lord, there is nothing that we can add. We simply must receive by faith. That when you said, Jesus, it is finished, that it is finished. And the work was completed, the work of our salvation, the cleansing of our sin. Lord, the forgiveness that you poured out upon this world. And I pray, Father, that we will, each one of us, come to a a, a revelationary understanding 
of what it means, Lord, to every Christian person uh, that you, Jesus, shed your blood on the cross. Lord, that there is power in the blood. Help us not to minimise it, Lord. Help us not to think it's some small thing. Help us not, Lord, to just, to just uh, glance over communion when we take it. Uh, but, Lord, help us to give you thanks from a grateful heart. Hallelujah. So, Lord, Jesus, thank you. You must love us very much. To go to that cross for, for us, Lord, you must love us with what, Lord, the psalmist says was an unfailing love. And I thank you. I thank you, Lord, that you had us in mind. You had others in mind, Lord. You went to the cross for us. Blessed be your holy name. Lord, I'll always sing of your greatness. I'll always sing of your, of your love. I'll always sing your praises, Lord. Because, Father, you have done great things for us. And you've made us so glad. And we praise you and worship you today. Lord, if you never did any, anything else. If you never healed us once. If you never supplied our need once. If you never did anything for us, guided us or led us. Lord, the fact that you died on the cross and shed your blood to remove our sins. Lord, if that is the only thing you ever did, then hallelujah, you're worth receiving as Saviour. And Lord, and, and Lord uh, to, for us to live for you the, all of our lives. So we give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 amen.